0: For NPR Music, you're connected to all songs considered. I'm Bob Boylan. Today, a conversation with Giles Martin about the Beatles' last released studio album, Let It Be, and his work on the just-released Super Deluxe Edition. Let It Be is a complicated album, originally intended as a simple way for the band to get back to its more rock and roll roots. Let It Be was engineered by Glyn Johns, culminating in a rooftop concert. But the album was shelved. This five-disc set produced by Giles Martin, Giles is the son of producer George Martin, though his dad didn't have a large role in this project. Giles and I have had the pleasure to talk about his recent remixing of the Beatles albums Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, The White Album, and Abbey Road. Giles was in his home outside London. I was in my apartment outside Washington, D.C. One of the impressions I've had about the Beatles' Let It Be sessions is that they were contentious. In fact, the film that came out in 1970 showed some pretty dark moments, but that isn't the impression that he had after going through nearly four weeks of recordings. I want to set the scene. It's the top of January, it's 1969. Beatles' double album was just finished and released just a few months before, 30 songs. They're gonna write and record new songs for a TV documentary of sorts, ending in a live performance. They had a tight deadline a bit more than a month to do it. That seems absolutely insane.
1: I think, yeah, if there was, a, if there was an issue with what, what was the Get Back project, it wasn't called Let It Be then, was the sheer ambition behind it, was the fact that they planned on doing a live album of tracks they were going to perform with no idea where they were going to perform it and also having no tracks written. And they, <laughs> I mean, not only that, but they were going to write them in front of a film crew. And it's like, if you can imagine a band now, any band, think of the band in the world, like I don't know, U2 or Coldplay or whoever, just going, hey, you know what we're going to do in three weeks' time, we're going to play our first live show in three years, because we've been in lockdown. We haven't got any songs yet. We don't know we're going to play it yet, but that's the plan, guys. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's film the process. And that's what it was. And essentially, if you think about it, the level of quality of the performance, for instance, on the rooftop, it was actually pretty good. It's the journey through that. That's what we get. And they got to the end of it and they realized actually they hadn't really done enough. And they scrapped the project and went on, went on to go make Abbey Road. That's what Let It Be is.
0: <laughs> it's so insane. Let's play a clip of them arriving at Twickenham. Describe where they're going to film this. And then I'll play this um, little clip called. Uh on the day shift, I think it's called.
1: Well, Twickenham Film Studios, it still exists. It's still it's an active film studio. It's, it's basically, a, you imagine, if anyone doesn't know what a film studio is, it's basically a large, cold, concrete room, if you like. It's the beginning of January. There's no heating. The Beatles, have, as you mentioned in your introduction, have come off the White Album, and they are literally planning on getting together and trying to work out how are they going to do a concert in two and a half or three weeks with no songs.
2: Hi Ringo, Hi, how are Hi Ringo, new happy new year. Happy new year. Hello, Hare Krishna. <laughs> on the day shift now. It's yeah, <laughs> it's got to be that year. <laughs> <gotta be> <laughs> it I mean, How's Judy? I'm 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 it Yeah. The thing that I feel about the, like the motion of it, is uh, very, you know, bandy. Yeah. Uh, it's like that. Uh, yeah. you know,
3: it's
2: like a, yeah. It gets to some things a bit quicker. Yeah, but yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? It just. From it. And then there, you know, and if there's people joining in.
0: So you know, here they're about to. George Harrison's presenting think, yeah, them a version yeah, of a song. All things thing must like pass. Obviously, didn't make it to the, like, the the uh, Let It Be it, get it, back some uh, some album. Went. Um, it's interesting hearing this.
1: Yeah, and and the thing about this is that. Um, I mean, George says actually, you know, because they're going to do a live show. George actually says, well, yeah, I, I don't want I don't to use my songs for this. did he say that? Why would he? Because All Things Must Pass wasn't really, and that's the thing we have to understand All Things Must Pass wasn't really a rock and roll song. They wouldn't be a rock and roll band. That was their gig. Okay. And I don't think yeah. he really imagined the same. The, 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 the tricky thing about this project is they, they planned on doing this live, this live show. Blasting through with, with 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 good live numbers, and you know there was Paul writing you know Long and Winding Road. They weren't necessarily writing songs that that suited the genre they were going for, and George especially. And they were on that
0: deadline. <laughs> yeah,
1: and George was writing. You know, George had very sensitive pieces of music, and he was going the other direction. He wanted them to be. My dad used to say George was a bit like a uh, a carpet weaver, weaver, intricating a, a fine fine piece of carpet. He was very meticulous in what he did and didn't want them just to throw them away. He realized, I think, at that point in time, he was writing some great songs. He'd finally come into his own, which is true. I mean, look at Abbey Road, you know, with Here Comes the Son of Something. And then look at, you know, the, what, the, All Things Must Pass, the album. So he was aware that he was suddenly reaching the level of the, the, of the others, and he probably just didn't want them to go, well, let's just bash them out live somewhere that we haven't planned yet.
0: Let's listen to some of this All Things Must Pass. I, I really loved hearing the rest of the group try to join in and yeah. work this out. Wait. Yeah. It's so great to hear them working out these tunes.
1: Yeah, it's funny with that as well. And George says to the young members of the band, "You know, let's make it like the band. Let's do the first of vocals." And you know, like you know, and he's bringing out their influences. That means the Beatles did it all the time. But you know, the thing about "Let It Be" or, or this project is, you hear the way they worked. You hear the way they drew from other people and drew from each other. The other thing that's interesting, the other thing that's just fun for me about that is that you hear my dad, you heard George asking how my mum is at the beginning of it. And for me, it's kind of personal, because I was born on October the 9th, 1969. And, you know, we see it, a, a daily roster. And I realized that I was conceived on one of these days. Oh, wow. Wow. That's wow. a strange thing. <laughs> that is indeed. Trying to try look at the day when my dad's got a smile on his face.
0: <laughs> there at this cold, big room, him for a while, you know, I was a teenager then, so I, I've got some age on you when uh, Let It Be came out and, and saw the movie when it came out. And, of course, we, my generation, thinks of this as the contentious times and so forth. And talk about the atmosphere at Twickingham and then their move to
1: uh, well, the studio bit. I mean, the atmosphere at Twickenham wasn't too bad. I mean, it, it got to a stage where you kind of feel the pressure that John and Paul put on themselves, and you hear the frustration... Uh, they believe themselves to be the songwriting team that have to deliver these songs. And they are going, you know, what have you got? You know, we've got a day off on Sunday, we've got to write something. George is kind of, you know, genre, genre flows to George at one says his songs, he's not he's separate. It does strike me that he is separate in his songwriting from the other two. There's never a Lennon-Harrison song on the Beatles, for instance, or a McCartney oh, harrison song. I
0: never ever thought about that. Yeah, it. yeah, yes, but I didn't, I didn't add to
1: this project. And so I think he was like, he felt slightly ostracized, which is probably by the end of it, he walked out and just said, listen, I'm done, which was a good idea because, you know, as he wrote in his diary, went to Twickenham, had lunch, left the Beatles. And they realized that the Twickenham idea was a bad one. And the reason why it was a bad one is because it wasn't a a place conducive. They didn't have much equipment. It wasn't a place conducive to working. But it wasn't that long. They were only there for 10 days. And where did they go? And then they went to Southall Road, which is... uh, They had a guy, a crazy guy called Magic Alex, who my dad actually thought was a nightmare, who John (laughs) persuaded could do anything. Um, and he's a fascinating character who, who told the Beatles he could build them studios like, like no other, much better than any of the EMI studios. Of course, EMI studios was Abbey Road. They, they hadn't changed the name yet. He told the Beatles that he could uh, he could stop sound without walls, without glass, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they arrived and there was a bunch of boxes. That nothing worked. Nothing worked at all. And so they actually, you know, there's some humble pie and they shipped all the equipment from Abbey Road. And set up a, in the basement of their offices at Savile Row, they set up this, this makeshift studios, which is kind of which is a much happier circumstance for them. Billy Preston was also brought in by George and he 's a remarkable keyboard player that George saw he was a keyboard player for Ray Charles, I think suddenly they had someone else there who was a rock musician, but also had, they had to behave a bit better because they suddenly... It's like, you know, what's the point of having a, a sports car if you're never going to drive it? They had to play good songs. They had a great keyboard player. And that changed things, and it was a much happier environment for them. It's funny. It's definitely... You know, let it be, the film is in three parts, and the, and let it be that in reality it's in three parts. You have Twickenham, cold, dank. It's what people remember. You have Savile Row, where they had a really good laugh and bashed through a lot of takes and a lot of songs. And then, of course, you have The Rooftop.
0: Okay, so we've left Twickenham. Now we're in Savile Row.
2: Let it be,
1: let it be. Uh,
2: Paul, maybe just have one chorus on the first time, and yeah. two chorus on the okay. second time.
1: I yes, I mean this this gives you a you know, this gives an example of, of they're out of the cold and into the warm of Savile Row. There's glasses of wine, there's carpet on the floor, um, <laughs> and and there's family and friends around them and this is them working out letter B and you and you can see that the one thing about letter B which is goes against what people think, is you see the Beatles, you see and you hear the Beatles working together. They all suggest other things for other things, other people's songs, and this is a cool version of Let It Be because it's slightly faster. And it's a great vocal.
2: I think that's it. <laughs> no, we do
1: it. Last night I said
2: these words to my girl. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, come on, I only get two notes in this song. Yeah
1: I love that version. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's faster and it's lighter. It's lighter sounding. It's less... And that's funny because you don't think of the Let It Be sessions being light. But they are, you know, in a lot of cases. Um, the only thing well, that's,
0: that's the thing. You've gone through so much of this footage and film. You, you've probably seen more than almost any other person besides the, the Beatles and, 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 and are able to, in retrospect... Uh, look at the mood and tone, I
1: think. Yeah, people will see that when they see, the, um, you know, the Get Back film that's coming out, which is the Peter Jackson-directed film. It is kind of it is a fly on the wall, and it's kind of fascinating because you're, there's something beautiful about watching just normal people go about their business, but their business happens to be making great records. And it's actually important you see them not making great records as well because that makes sense of it all. I'm sure there are lots of situations in Rubber Soul and Revolver and Sergeant Pepper and whatever that that had elements of let it be in them as well. We just don't get to see them or hear them.
0: One of the playful moments, you mentioned Billy Preston. I think the Beatles may have met him when he played with Little Richard in the early 60s. Uh, I think I remember reading that. The Beatles opened apparently in Liverpool for Little Richard. Right, okay. And, uh, okay. and, they, and they met uh, Billy Preston there. And then here he is. Uh, he goes on to be signed to Apple Records, but goes on to be a superstar. But I want to play uh, something that is on this collection of them doing a song. It's not, he didn't write the song, but it's a song that he put on uh, one of his albums. Without a Song, I think, is the name of the song. Yeah,
1: this just shows his brilliance. And this is the thing. This, this, the interesting thing with Let It Be is that this isn't him recording a song. This is him just playing a song to himself. And you have Ringo and John with him, John's playing with the blues but yeah but yeah yeah it's I mean it just it just shows what a talent he was what a soul he was oh, I
2: know unless he has a song that field of calm oh, we'll I never see you love field of corn Oh, oh, oh it would be deserted now A man is born Oh, we ain't got no friends, no how No how Unless you have
3: a song No, 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 no
0: that's John's guitar then. That's John, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean... And, and uh, you know... Why I sort of put that, and it's not even a full song, you know, it doesn't, they're not not recording at the beginning of it. Why I put that in is because it just shows, it kind of like is that as a, a, an undiluted part of Billy Preston and what he adds to the Beatles with Let It Be. It's like, that's what he's bringing to the record.
0: And his organ and, I mean, on on the song, Let It Be, is so stunning, so many moments. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, you know, you know, even I mean, get back as an example, a great, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know great keyboard right. playing. You know, if you think about, do you, you take out Billy Preston out of a lot of Let it, a lot of the Let It Be Out, it wouldn't be the same record.
0: What <laughs> blew me away when I listened to this was I, I keep thinking about this like month long thing. Ringo's going to go off and do a film shoot in February. They've got three or four weeks to put this thing together. Here they are, just sort of jamming around with Billy Preston on a song.
1: Yeah, Times mean, of the essence,
0: and, 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 and yet there's playfulness.
1: Absolutely. I think that's, you know, and it's funny, my, my dad had an interesting role in all of this because they didn't want him there because, you know, in essence, they were, doing a live, they were doing a live show, and Paul says they were doing a live show. You know, you know we don't want George Martin. He's our record company guy. He's our, when he turned up, though, they would tend to do more songs, and he'd, be, he'd go and go, so what exactly are you doing? What exactly is going on here? That would be his question. And, he, and in the film, he's saying, "Okay, so what are you? So you're going to do? The, what are you going to play on the roof? If you're going to play, what are you going to play?" And they go, "Well, you know, we can't really play Let It Be' because we can't get the piano up there. You know, it's uh, you know, and you can see him just going. And Glyn's going, you know, they did a great job on this. And
0: Glynn is Glyn Johns. Johns is Johns.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's a great job. My dad's a sort of rather sort of passionate, so he's very nice to you, this boy, isn't he? Is what he says, you know, it's 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 an interesting dynamic because Let It Be,' you know. Following from the White Album was the band moving further and further away from what my dad thought they should be. And in essence, that was a progression from Sgt. Pepper's, where they became more elaborate in their arrangements. And to a certain extent, he thought what the band should be was the second half of Abbey Road.
0: And they <laughs> finished this project, and then they go on and do that amazing... Yeah, and they American and pro- they
1: finished this product, pro- project, and, you know, it's... it's as we noticed on this on these outtakes, we have all of these songs from from like something, and she came through the bathroom window appearing in Savile Row, popping their heads up. This great idea that they, you know they played the rooftop, and that was the end of the Beatles. Of course, just isn't true. They ten days later were back in the studios, and they started. They started, you know, with you. Uh, sorry, um, I want you she's so heavy.
0: And uh, there was Billy Preston again with that. Absolutely, that and Billy organ. was still woman. Yeah. You mentioned Glenn Johns. He was the engineer there. He would do these mixes and send them to the group. In essence, they kept rejecting what he was doing. You wound up with these tapes and made an entire record of the box set that is the Glenn Johns mixes. What was your impression of these? Why did they keep rejecting them? And what was going on? There?
1: Well, apparently they apparently they got to the stage where it was, it was, they almost pulled it almost the day before it came out or something, I heard. And and I didn't... Uh, Glynn, Glynn took these tracks and, re- and remastered them. I didn't touch Glynn's material, because you know Glynn still, Glynn's still very much around. But Glynn did exactly what he was asked to by the Beatles. And that was where he created a fly-on-the-wall album that was rough and raw, was unproduced, that gives you a snapshot of what these sessions were. And I think, in essence, what happened, the reason why they didn't release it is because they felt like it didn't have enough finished songs. It was too rough and ready. And that wasn't Glynn's fault, that was probably the Beatles' fault at the time. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a reason why the final album had, you know, I Mean Mine on, which was recorded after Abbey Road, and Across the Universe, which was recorded before the White Album. The reason why they had to fill they filled it out. So in a way, you know, Let It Be's a kind of hodgepodge of an album. It has stuff recorded before stuff recorded after, as recorded Recorders Row? had the Phil Spector produced and rooftop. It's a it's an interesting mix of all sorts of things. I think but I think Lynn's album is very real. It's a good it's a good listen. But I don't yeah. think the Beatles thought it was a Beatles album that they wanted to put out.
0: And why not the the rooftop? As a concert, just as an
1: album, that, that because they didn't, you know, the rooftop, they didn't play a full. I wonder with the rooftop, they were waiting for the police to come up. They didn't, they didn't have a full number of songs on the rooftop. You know, they played they, the, they played get back if, three if times.
0: They're on a rooftop in an office district. They get noise complaints. the Police come up and stop them. Had the police not come to? Do you know if they had a full set that they? I don't think have they did.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think they did. I think. No, th- that's the point is they didn't have a full concert to play because, you know, they had lots of songs, but you know they weren't playing Two of Us on the Rooftop. They weren't playing um, Let It Be on the Rooftop because they couldn't get the piano up there. They weren't playing Long Run and Row on the Rooftop. They didn't play I Me Mine on the Rooftop. Um, I don't think it had been finished yet. I mean, the weird thing is like, they did Don't Let Me Down on the Rooftop, which is a brilliant performance. And that's not on the album, you know, because it was a B-side, which again, why was it on the album if it was a B-side when Across the Universe, which was a single, was on the album? <laughs> And so, it, and ago, and so it was before, Get Back, yeah. but a different version yeah. of Get Back. It's, it's all very confusing. I mean, who knows what was happening at that time? And that's why the album... Yeah. But the album is actually kind of more interesting for that as a Beatles album, I think. It, it, you know awesome. it, Well, I think that you can't change history. And, you know, when I talked to Paul about the album, and you know, he was unhappy with the album. It's the only album that isn't really a Beatles album because all the Beatles weren't involved at the end of it. And I said, you know, oh, we, yeah. we, have, we have to remix... The album, as it was, and he goes, "I guess so," you know. And he goes, well, you know, can you take the harp down a long way to ruin?" I was, I've always hated that harp and long way to because, you know, famously Phil Spector had an arrangement with Granger coming, and Paul wasn't any part of the finishing of his song, which I think he found very hard and was found very, you know, that was one of the biggest insults that Paul suffered because. Deep down, he's an artist and cares about his music more than anything else, I think. But, you know, at times, you know, there's a lot of times gone, gone on since then, and it is what it is. Um, but the whole story behind it makes it, a, it, makes it a, a story to listen to as well as a great album.
0: We'll be right back. We'll take a quick break. I'm talking with Giles Martin about the incredible deluxe edition of Let It Be uh, that's just come out. I'm Bob Boylan, and you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music.
4: Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Jo explains the importance of creating a safe space for therapy. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients that say that expression, like, I've never told that to anybody. That's when I know I've made some kind of momentous move with this person. They feel safe enough to expose that part of themselves. And doing that together with somebody else can be very powerful. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to betterhelp.com songs. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. Ready for a new ride, but not sure where to start? Try the tool designed to make car shopping and financing easier. With Capital One Auto Navigator, you can find a car and get pre-qualified instantly. Then see your real rate and monthly payment without impacting your credit score. It's so simple, you might feel like you're taking the easy way out. That's because you are. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash AutoNavigator.
0: It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boyle, and I'm with Giles Martin. Well, he's across the ocean, and we're looking at each other on a Zoom call. But we're talking about the Let It Be album that he's just worked on. You took the Phil Spector record and, would you say, remastered or remixed? What, we remixed. What you the best way.
1: It? yeah. It's Remastering right? is very difficult. Remastering, okay. The best analogy I could use, which actually was given to you by a journalist, which i had oh, stolen, was that remastering is taking an old car and polishing it. Yeah. What we do is we get an old car and we take it down and strip it down to all of its parts. And then we put it back together again and then we polish it. So, so with something like the Phil Spector material... I've worked on Phil Spetter material before because I worked on All Things Must Pass the George Harrison sorry Living in the Material World the George, the George Harrison Scorsese film I did that and I mixed All Things Must Pass for that it's interesting Phil Spetter because you know the guy the man was a genius producer but his records sound big but they sound big when they're small if that makes sense you've got kind of a small speaker you make it big it sounds small the, the strings are very kind of middly and And we actually took the orchestra recordings and we stuck them back through Abbey Road and re-recorded them through Abbey Road to get stereo and to get... We do it with the Beatles stuff anyway. We do it with Golden Slumbers, for instance, for the Abbey Road album remix. One of the things we tried to do, which I think people have said we've done, is is to create more of a unified sound for the whole album. So, yeah, we remix. If you can imagine taking a car and taking out the carburettor and everything and making sure it all works and putting it back together again, that's what we do.
0: And you're dealing with...
1: What, eight tracks? This is all eight track, yeah. This is all eight track recordings, yeah. which means there's eight different things we can push up and down.
0: How many tracks worth the orchestra?
1: No, it's a good question because the way that it depends on the track, they're mono, they're mono orchestra, orchestral tracks, but they recorded more than one orchestra. So I think the choir, I mean, the, I mean, or- the choir and the orchestra on one track and then there's orchestra and harp, strings and harp on another track, I think, um, on Long and Winding Road. And then there's brass on another track, I think. Uh, but they're, uh, but all, but they're a, mono, so we can make them stereo by putting them through a room and recording that room. So, we know so literally you
0: play it through speakers and then mic the we, room? Yeah,
1: we, well, we play through one speaker and then have stereo microphones. I see. Yeah, but we play, we play through technique. one speaker in, say, Studio 2 at Abbey Road or Studio 1 at Abbey Road, depending on what sound we want, and then we'll mic a, a certain pairs of speakers. That's also how we can, do, we can do the Atmos work as well, the immersive audio work.
0: So let me play uh, The Long and Winding Road, which has much spectre on it, and get an example of, of what was done here. One thing I noticed, it felt like to me, that, well, it all blended so much better.
1: Yeah, well, that's. The, I'm pleased you said that, because that was the intention. Because we shouldn't listen to music as far as when was it done or who did it. We should listen to music and just enjoy the song. That's the whole point, right? Okay. And with this... It it always felt like the Phil Spector stuff was stuck on. Spector's an interesting character, <laughs> you know, as we know, or was an interesting <laughs> character. He liked to stamp his specterness on everything. Uh, different from my dad, who would just basically take ideas and try and filter and and create, you know. But, but he would, you know. so I haven't despected it because you can't. It's iconic. It's brilliant, you know, all those things. But I suppose I've I've made it feel less stuck on.
0: Absolutely. Uh, let's listen to the long and winding road.
1: <laughs>
2: times of Christ
1: It's fun hearing that. That was a tough mix. That was the one. That was the one that stumped us. in, in lockdown, I went back and kept on redoing it because it, it, it's 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 a song that there's interesting in audio. You make things sound too good; they sound they can down syrupy and they can sound. The thing about the spectre the original of Letter B is it's kind of slightly it's slightly cruddy in a way. And that's, how do you mean that? What I mean is, it's like it. It doesn't sound all that great, but it, it, you can hide things. It's like having a, it's like having a painting that, that has you know, the, 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 I don't, the Michelangelo, you know, Sistine Chapel, was covered in dust and oil and dirt, and they cleaned up, and they were, like, it was like it's very gaudy, and they uh-huh. and then the art historians argue for years that actually what Michelangelo intended was for it to be dirty, and they knew they knew it was going to be very dirty. I think that long, wide road needs to be slightly dirty as well. Otherwise, it becomes a bit too saccharine.
0: And you presented something like this to Paul, who spent a good chunk of time in the early 2000s making a naked version of this because his intent of the original song was to be much simpler.
3: Yeah, I, did, I think it was a piano. different take as
1: well Sorry. than this take. I think so. Yeah, but you know, as I said to him, and he agreed, you know, and he, you know, we talked to him, this is what was on the album, so let's not change it. You know, it's, it's that he, same debate. We talked for hours about Sgt. Pepper and where should we put Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields on Sgt. Pepper's. And then just finish, you're like, well, we didn't, <laughs> you know.
0: When I listened to, uh, well, many of the songs, Let It Be was one. The way the voice fits into the mix, it has more presence. It's not louder, or it doesn't feel louder, but it ha- it there's clarity. There's more space. Maybe it's the way... The separation in the mix happens to give the voice more breadth. But it was something that struck me as really beautiful and
1: you could hear all of what was being sung.
0: Am I making any sense?
1: Yeah, I I was really happy. It's funny, you get honestly, you get when you do these projects, you get songs that you honestly can't make sound any better and you just don't tell them about people about it. And you get you know, you do mixes that just aren't that great and you try and do the best ones you can. You go and mix things you know, 17 or 18 times. Let It Be was one where both myself and Sam O'Kell were just really happy with what we did. You know, Let It Be was... It's lucky the title track is the same. I I went off and mixed um, Goat's Head Soup, which is a Rolling Stones album. And luckily the biggest song, Goat's Head Soup, was Angie. And the best mix I did was Angie. It's like sometimes you get lucky. (laughs) With Let It Be, we, we, we deliberated. We actually made the piano stereo. By, by doing exactly what we're talking about with a bit of ADT, which is all about artificial double tracking and a bit of putting it through a room. And we debated whether we're being philistines, whether making the piano stereo is a bad thing. You know, these are the things we talk about, you get letters from Beatles fans. But I think that helps the vocal, funny enough. Um, that's maybe what it was. Yeah, was and so period. that's maybe what you're hearing. I don't know. It's such a beautiful song. It's a, and I think it's also one of those things where we're so familiar with the song. It's one of the most played Beatles songs of all time. It's so powerful that, you know, it's like changing a lover's hairstyle slightly, you just notice it differently.
0: <laughs> Your father got no credit for Let It Be, the single that he produced, and I, I think I heard something years ago where he said he should have gotten something like a credit that basically said produced by George Martin, overproduced by Phil Spector.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was told that he did some of the arrangements on Let It Be, I'm not sure. I don't think he did The Let It Be experience wasn't his favourite time Put it that way You know, it, it, was, it was definitely a He struggled with He struggled with where the, the direction of Bama were going in And I think he was frustrated He didn't think they were meeting, meeting their full potential I think that's what he felt As their sort of, you know, record company guy, producer And sort of slight mentor as well Musical mentor He just thought, you know, the classroom He'd lost the classroom even more but fortunately got to
0: spend time with them and make the brilliant Abbey Road, which we talked about a few years ago. He
1: yeah.
0: um, got yeah. back. <laughs> so what's left to do
1: <laughs> for you? Um, Beatles-wise, there's a lot of demand around... Uh, you, you know, we have to be careful. And no, it's not careful as far as strategic, it's as careful as far as doing the right thing. You know, a lot about Rubber and Revolver, you know, those albums. But then I have to make sure I do them in the right way. There's a lot of technology needs to get involved... And we'll do this with, you know, whatever we do, we'll do it, we'll try and do it right. And the great things that we have is such a small bunch of us doing it. It's not like, you know, there's teams of marketing people and there's strategy people going, you know, this is what we need to do by this time. They really give me freedom to go, okay, I've got an idea we could try and do this. We can try and, maybe we can try and do this to... Ellen or Taxman or whatever, could, and then we'll then we'll do it behind closed doors and everyone has listened to it and they go, Is it is this any better? Is it, you know, is it, are we just doing this for the sake of it? And that's what we try and do. We try and not, not do things for the sake of it. And there's a lot of people, and I think, you know, and really good credit, they could just go, you know, I get messages across the universe is out now on streaming, and so is Let It Be. Across the Universe gets more, people go, you know, I love the new mix for Across the Universe. And then some people will go, I prefer the original. I just think yeah. that's great. I think that people are listening to this stuff and we spend our life hearing music and never listening to it. So it doesn't matter as long as, you know, as, long as you're enjoying the song.
0: Beautiful. I, I do enjoy these songs and it's great hearing it again. And it's great hearing having, I think, one person doing the guidance to keep the consistency and, uh, and then having feedback from Paul and, and I assume Ringo as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Paul. You know, Ringo's
0: very involved and it's their music.
2: Do your thing, man. I'm doing it all the time. I can't keep off it. <laughs>
0: Producer Giles Martin. This super deluxe edition of Let It Be is out now in many configurations from streaming to vinyl to Blu-ray. The film Get Back by Peter Jackson comes out just in time for Thanksgiving. I'm Bob Boylan. You can hear my other conversations with Giles Martin on the All Songs Considered site or our podcast feed. For NPR Music, it's All Songs Considered.
2: She do. Me.